Let's take a drive down Let's take a drive down Tangent Avenue pew, 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 pew. Welcome to the Power Hour Hey Kaz you know, I feel yes. so I feel so comfortable where I'm at right now. You know why? Do you? Why? I feel like I'm in the ears of somebody who supports us, and mmm, baby, they're nice. Oh yeah, look at those ear. Ooh, you see that? They have a little bit of earwax right there. Yeah, let's clear that out for him. Ah, I've never tasted earwax, and I'll never do it again. Yeah, good. But you're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Tez. Yeah, man. What a good episode we just recorded and, and talked about. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, Got some good ideas for some more Patreon-exclusive content. Yeah. And what was, what was it that we talked about? Was it our favorite game, Dungeons and or Dragons? Uh, it was Dungeons and Dragons, not and or. We need both. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, we've played a fair whack of Dungeons and Dragons, have we not? We have. I mean, I've played a fair whack more, but... Um, yes, you have. But yeah, um, so I kind of want to talk today about our individual experiences with Dungeons & Dragons, and explicitly about a campaign that you run, ran, that involves my favorite character of all time, Mugen. Hell yeah. So I figure first, I'm going to talk about what who Mugen is, and what he is in the context of the game. Okay. So, Mugen was a uh, male... Uh, tiefling, uh, warlock, sorcerer, multi-class. And it was a type of sorcerer uh, that we like to call um, wild magic sorcerer. Well, my, wild magic sorcerers essentially have this ability where they can gamble by taking a um, advantage on any check that they do and then need to roll on the wild magic surge table and to describe what the wild magic surge table is oh boy let me pull that up real quick um where is that table at taz where'd you put it um i don't remember man okay no i've got it okay so it can i cast fireball centered on myself which happened several times I cast Magic Missile at a 5th level spell. I cast Confusion centered on myself. I cast, cast Grease set. Basically fucking my shit up. I also might age myself up uh, a number of years. Uh, as long as it's an even number of years. So I age myself up 10 years or age myself down like 9 years. A uh, lot of stuff can happen. So, of course, I took that character note uh, and basically took it to the uh, natural end. Uh, and uh, my character was a good-for-nothing gambler who blew up a casino. He was not good-for-nothing. He was complicated. He was a complicated individual who blew up a casino. And a UFO. And a UFO. And that's how I died. Mm-hmm. Tess, tell us about that campaign. Yeah. So, the campaign... Uh, it took place in a little world called Eventierland, uh, but it actually didn't. There, you were all in a shadow version of Eventierland, yanked apart, uh, away from for one reason or another, because you all meddled in something or, uh, or somehow affected, uh, some of the leaders, uh, a particular one, directly or indirectly, and because of this, they decided to punish you. They all took you and plopped you in to a cabin 
locked inside uh, in a shadow version of the world you once knew. Uh, you all woke up, no idea who you guys were, who each other were, or anything, and you had to escape the cabin to start out. And we did it incredibly quickly and incredibly intelligently. Yeah, there was there's one moment where I that I really wanted to happen because one of your characters, I believe it was Askel, uh, mm-hmm. who was played by our friend Matt. Uh, he had he had the spell uh, dispel magic, and he there was a fire that I led you guys to believe had something to do with it. And anything you did to the cabin would happen to yourselves. If you hit it, you would take the damage that you dealt on the cabin. If you cast a spell, you would that spell would affect you. And I was hoping that he would cast Dispel Magic on the cabin and then lose his powers for a uh, time that I had not determined. That would have been very good. It would have been so good. Because we started at 5th level, didn't we? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, And I was really excited for that moment, but it didn't happen. Which is surprising, because, I mean, you're in a magic cabin. I mean, who wouldn't cast Dispel Magic? But, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Um, I also, as Mugen, I did not get along with a single um member of the party as mugen with nope <laughs> yeah well guys... really i didn't get much it didn't get much better <laughs> no uh it, it was a complicated relationship i think because mm-hmm. you you guys like stuck out for each other but none of you were huge fans of one another outside of theo and ember yeah who, uh theo was uh played by our good friend anthony and ember was played uh also by our good friend brie uh, and they had a developing, like, kind of romantic interest, it seemed. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun to play around with. Yeah, totally. Uh, my character, I deliberately played him as a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. And I found that I'm very good at playing a dirtbag. And it's just <laughs> playing. It's not me. Oh, yeah? I'm not a dirtbag. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to sell you a timeshare, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and that is something that has extended to all of my characters, because it's, I have so much pl- fun playing just absolute shitheads and dirt boys. Mm-hmm. Um, my current player, my current character, uh, Cal Edenis, um, is a, uh, college student nerdy wizard, um, but, like, because I can't keep my mouth shut because I'm kind of a dirtbag, that's what Cal is. <laughs> so, last night we were playing, and we had this uh, very powerful pirate in the bar with us that definitely wasn't Anthony's self-insert character. <laughs> um, and uh, he, said, he, he was all like, go away, idiot. And those were his exact words. And me being me, I uh, look up from my table, and I'm like... Surely you have more interesting insults than just go away, idiot. You're a pirate. I would assume Scallywag is in your, uh, (laughs) like, nomenclature. And, like, (laughs) he just, like, took out a gun and shot me in the chest, and I immediately dropped, like, dead. (laughs) Yeah. And I I was, um... I was playing last night, uh, for Bryson's birthday. Mm -hmm. Made time for it. And, uh, I... 
I wanted to be a fucking badass and feel it, <laughs> but it did not fucking work. I was like, and then you oh, kissed sh- him on the mouth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, surely if words hurt you that bad, what can actions do? And then I transformed into a giant mushroom monster and tried to attack him and missed every single time. So I ended up just kissing him on the mouth. Which was fun. <laughs> I um, did spit poison spores into his mouth. While you I did, did spit poison spores <laughs> into his mouth, which is very good. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about another thing that you did during the Evan Tierland campaign, which okay. is uh, at the beginning of every session, mm-hmm. you would make us come up with fun facts about our characters. Yes. Which unfortunately hasn't transferred onto our other games because I thought it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of Mugans, um, but I think some might have gotten deleted or something like that, because uh, I certainly don't have all of them. Okay. Uh, but uh, one of them was that um, Mugen is an amateur philosopher, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very funny, because he doesn't seem like the type. No, not. <laughs> he was a drunk uh, drug addict, essentially. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Evan Tierlin was, it was pretty chaotic. I it was my <laughs> first homebrew campaign. I had a lot of fun. I had a good idea of where I wanted to go with it, but for each session, I was just making it up as I went. Uh, so you guys got out of that cabin uh, to meet somebody who would come back later in the campaign, uh, who was Ember's dark version of herself. Uh, which you guys would come to find that that was a common thing, is you guys meeting uh, the dark versions of yourself, the shadow version. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a shapeshifter, so she didn't have to look like herself, and she didn't. Uh, she looked like... I can't remember what I named the character. Um, I don't remember, but she she looked like a, an old man uh, who said some sketchy things, and then you guys heard a banshee scream from behind you, uh, you turned around, you looked back, and he was gone. Oh, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And then you guys ran into the town. So that was her town. then? Yep. Wow. Uh, you guys ran into the town, uh, not knowing that it was a banshee, just believing it was a girl in distress. Uh, you guys decided to split the party. Theo ran into uh, a, I believe it was a salon, uh, and you ran into uh, a saloon, not a salon. Uh, you ran into a, ooh, what was it? I think it was the mayor's house. No, no it was a brothel. Yeah, it was a brothel. <laughs> you guys went into the mayor's house after the encounter. Uh, but as Theo Anthony uh, ran into the saloon, he immediately got downed. And if not for halfling luck, he would have died. Because he mm-hmm. rolled one fail and then rolled a nat one. But because of halfling luck, he was able to re-roll that nat one. And I thought that was fucking hilarious because it was the first session within the first 45 minutes. Yep. Um, and that that would be a common thing in my campaigns. I always made them hard for you guys. Mm-hmm. Which and is probably I... why I'm so good. <laughs> yeah. Evan Tierlin and Strahd were purposely hard. Uh, Lost my, my Lost Minds of Fandelver uh, homebrew thing was not meant to be hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i scaled things back for you guys and somehow it still went to shit (laughs) Uh, which is kind of a common occurrence in our games which is just tpking hardcore all the time (laughs) definitely 
Which is to say, total party kill. Yep. Uh, and yeah, you guys would make your way to a town, Luminaterra, the capital of Eventyrland. Uh, and you would find that the gates were closed. You'd find that there's a plague uh, uh, threatening the city and all of its inhabitants, and you would find that there's also been people disappearing on the trail, and to gain entry into the town, you would need to... Uh, needed to do a favor to the town's guard. Uh, Which because... was... Uh, what was that town guard's name, out of curiosity? <laughs> was it was it potentially Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> So and then I, you tried to retcon his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. you were surprised that absolutely <laughs> nobody was fucking having it? <laughs> I was not surprised that nobody was having it, but I was disappointed. Uh, yeah, uh, because of me uh, fucking naming him Bobby off the top of my head, I went on to create a table with names so I could just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> name people things better than Bobby. <laughs> yeah, um, just so everybody's clear to the tone of the campaign. Um, <laughs> so we, we play on D&D Beyond, which is a really, really good tool for first-time players and first-time DMs. They've got a lot of really great stuff. This isn't sponsored, of course, because this is a fucking <laughs> Patreon episode. But, like, if you want to play D&D, play, use D&D Beyond. Um uh, under notes in D&D Beyond, there's uh, organizations, allies, enemies, and your backstory, as well as just other <laughs> notes. Under allies, I have Bobby. <laughs> and other enemies, I have Theo owes me 35 gold, and Ember <laughs> owes me, and then I didn't write down the amount of gold that she owed me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you guys uh, went to investigate what happened uh, and why the town, why people are disappearing off the track, you would find that it was a vampire. Uh, you guys would go in, almost made a deal with the vampire, but then Mugen opened his mouth and what? ruined it. You I guys don't doing that? You don't? Oh, I found my classic coat there. Hell, yeah, you did. You did a periwinkle coat. Yep. Uh, which was actually a cloak of displacement, which I tricked Taz into giving to me. Yeah, I'd... yep, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Which, if you guys don't know what a cloak of displacement does, a cloak of displacement is considered a rare magic item. It should be very rare, because while you wear this cloak, it projects an illusion that makes you appear to be standing in a place near your actual location, causing any creature to have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. If you take damage, the property ceases to function until the start of your next turn. This property is suppressed while you're incapacitated, restrained, or otherwise unable to move. So essentially, <laughs> he just gave me an item that made me very difficult to hit while also still having an armor rating of like 17. Yep. <sighs> Anyways, uh, yeah, you guys almost made a deal. And then I don't remember exactly what happened. Um... But yes, well, on the verge of making a deal to where he would stop taking people off the track uh, trail. And then Mugen said something smart. I rolled uh, on a percentage dial. He did not find it funny and a battle ensued where uh, you all found out very, uh, very bad things about each other. So, oh, yeah, did they, you, fi they find out that I killed a child, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which was an accident, if I remember right. 
Yes, so my yeah. backstory goes uh, like this. As I'm going to read this off verbatim off my notes. Um, Mugen never knew when to stop. He spent all of his money one night and made a pact with a sentient weapon that just wouldn't stop talking to him. Mm-hmm. He took him up on the offer after realizing it would give him the power to gain some more money and pay off the loan sharks. That's when they bought, uh, brought him in on the operation. Hired him to swindle down their luck, uh, their, uh, oh, well, hired him to swindle down on their luck stops like him. Mm-hmm. He took it too far one night and pulled the strings of arcane force too hard. He woke up half dead in a burning casino. He took what gold he could find and fled, never knowing what happened. Uh, and there was definitely a child in that casino. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, found out that Askel had lit the entire forest uh on fire um found out that ember fuck what did ember do i don't know oh ember had slept ember Ember fucked a guard (laughs) yeah fucked the guard uh, which got her kicked out of the castle um (laughs) what did we call her uh the The guards whore or something like that i kept calling her that actually it's mugen yeah (laughs) uh and then um Theo, Theo was betrayed by his girlfriend and got kicked off of his boat uh, after he he had smuggled drugs into the city mm-hmm. because he was tricked into it. Um, that was it, right? Yeah, pretty no, much. Logan, I mean, the Logan's only character, character that... I don't oh, remember yeah. what Logan's character did, though, because he Who was cares? kind of in the background. Yeah. Like, um... Yeah, it was, uh, because we only ever had, ever had to replace one character after Mugen died, and that was Brass. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brass, I don't think, had any reason for being there, because he came from Eberron. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, after that, cause, so, so the reason that they found that out is that the vampire was, uh, new. He was aware of who they were, uh, through psychic abilities, uh, and also on top of that, this entire shadow world was built specifically to imprison them. And mm-hmm. so having that knowledge, each person, uh, of significance had some sort of knowledge about their characters, uh, either directly or indirectly that would kind of coerce them on their way, uh, because it was just a giant setup. Yeah, we were basically being uh, baited. Truman showed. <laughs> yep. Uh, and you know, it was sandbox. You guys could go anywhere that you wanted. Uh, but I and I'm pretty sure we went to the place that you didn't want us to go initially. Yes. Because um, the moment we got out, we looked to the I think west, and we saw Luminaterra, which is mm-hmm. uh, where Mugen grew up, uh, and where he blew up a casino. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to the east of us, there was uh, a burning forest. <laughs> yep. And the urgency of that pretty much escaped us, and we went to <laughs> Luminaterra. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you guys went to Luminaterra, gained entry into the city and into the castle, uh, which the castle was actually on the opposite side of the city, uh, in what was known to you guys in real Luminaterra to be uh, kind of the ghetto, uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the broken down, um, 
beaten, poor side of the city. Uh, as you pass, you pass down the casino, which was still burnt down in ruins. And the to kind of give you an idea of the, like the significance of that casino burning down, it was the main profit for Luminaterra. It was uh, kind of Roman Colosseum-esque in size. It was a big, like, Las Vegas-size uh, attraction. Um, and so pretty fucked uh he just yeah. ruined a town's economy but <laughs> in my defense i did it for a very small amount of money yep <laughs> and by accident well high off your ass yeah um and uh you would go to pass uh the library that mugen uh hung out at uh yeah, where i pretty much raised lived himself in, in. what I pretty much lived there yep. as a kid. And, like, as I play Mugen as, like, mostly a dirtbag dipshit, um, I had read every book in that library. Yeah. You were an orphan uh, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as you pass that library, you would see a statue of yourself, uh, of Mugen. And then you would go on to find out that the shadow version of Mugen was the lord of Aventyrland. And you would also go to find out, uh, he was also the only shadow version of each other who was a good guy. Yeah, because Mugen was a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much the reasoning behind that. Yep. And uh, for some reason, he was the one you guys trusted the least. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly the one I trusted the least. Yeah. Because you Mugen doesn't trust authority. Kill him in his sleep at one point. <laughs> yeah, because he couldn't accept that any version of him would want power over people. <laughs> uh, Chains are meant yeah. to be broken, my guy. My, Mugen was an anarchist through and through. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, you guys would go on, hang out, uh, talk. Uh, he would give you some information. Uh, you fucked a guard. Uh, no, a maid. I did, no, it was a f- I fucked a maid. Yep. Uh, and if the, if they, if it had gone on longer, I probably would have fucked a guard though. Yeah, probably. Um, and then you guys, uh, the city was attacked by a dragon, uh, during dinner, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Brunch, maybe during a meal, you guys were all hanging out chatting and then the, uh, city was attacked. You guys would go out. Almost all of you would die. Uh, and you were saved by the shadow version of Ember. A DM no-no, by the way. <laughs> it was already planned that she was going to come in there. I know, but it's a DM no-no. In general. I also did not mean for her to fucking one-shot that dragon. I mean, it wasn't yeah. one-shot. You guys had already done a lot of damage. But she fucking came in crit. And so I had to make her a fucking badass and fucking run, jump off of somebody's shield, stab into that dragon... Uh, shredding it to like down its throat, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, that dragon. So uh, obviously, we're not finishing this campaign. It's been all it's over what, uh, yeah. a year. Um, mm-hmm. So I will tell you uh, when that dragon, because you guys killed it, and then it came back to life. Uh, somebody had seen. I uh, had the had you all roll a perception check. That when that dragon came back to life, it glitched out. 
It was a Matrix-style glitch. And my idea behind this was I was going to make it to where all of you guys weren't actually in a shadow version of Evan Tierland. You were all were being um, kind of mind-tricked. Yeah, mind-tricked in the real world mm-hmm. to where you all were doing bad shit in the real world. And I was going to make it to where you guys had been the bad guys all along. That's rad as hell. Yep. That was what my plan was going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the idea behind it, you guys. Uh, but nobody, uh, whoever caught that glitch, I don't think ever really told you guys or mm-hmm. pieced anything together. I believe it was... I think it was um, Logan. It was Logan. Um, and Logan was a brand new car- uh, brand new player in DM, so I'm not like holding that against him by any means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had I mean, a similar situation last night with a new player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I had you guys fight him off again. Um, we had a lot of interesting like things that we would both probably think of now as DM no nos, which is like um, there were two instances I can think of, which is a this situation where random NPC comes by and kills the dragon, which, while it wasn't intended, like, that's yeah. what it felt like as players. Yep. And then there's a situation later on where you had basically set up this um, chasing mechanic mm-hmm. um, where we would do dexterity saving throws. Yep. Um, and Anthony's character, who is a rogue, had access to the evasion ability. <sighs> and rather than think on his feet and create other obstacles taz just decided that we weren't gonna use that (laughs) right now not yeah yeah this was my first campaign running so yeah i had a good story set up uh was still learning uh all the mechanics and everything (laughs) yeah or just like letting him do it because like anthony had a couple different abilities that he could have done that he didn't use. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 That was rough. Uh, and then uh, you guys killed the dragon. Uh, you went off um, to kind of rest for the night, I think. And then you had a party the next day. Uh, and during that party... Oh, I, uh, I was cursed earlier in the campaign, by the way. Oh, shit. So that- yeah, you were. That I could never get drunk for X amount of days. Yep. And Taz didn't tell me what the days was. I did not. But I I noticed this, and then I just started challenging people to drinking competitions (laughs) and winning money off of it. (laughs) Just like Mugen to turn his curse into something good. (laughs) Yeah, straight up. Like, I love Mugen so much. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you guys went and partied. Uh, Mugen uh, did that. Uh, Ember. <laughs> Ember fell uh, in love partially with her old captor uh, in the real world, who was actually a, well, seemingly nice guy in this world, mm-hmm. um, who played piano, uh, had a beautiful voice, sang a nice song, and Ember started to fall for him. And then as you guys, um, oh yeah, earlier in the campaign, um, Ember didn't know how to read, uh, so Theo had snuck out and got her a children's book from Mugen's <laughs> library. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so that's, that'll be important in a moment. Uh, and you guys, uh, 
Oh, you guys also got a kind of like some, something kind of like uh, Tasha's hideous hut, I think, or Tasha's hut. Yeah, it was a. It, you basically gave us a door. Yeah, we can use to, and we created our own little um, rooms inside mm-hmm. of what was essentially a smart house. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, is also that's also important. Uh, to know. So uh, during the party, uh, you guys all went outside. Oh wait, no, that's something different. You guys just had a good night at the party. After the party, you guys gained that door. The next day, uh, you guys had some sort of celebration, uh, out in the center, uh, the like, the square of the town, town square, uh, mm-hmm. for Mugen, I believe, or Mugen was celebrating you guys, um, Lord Mugen, not your Mugen. Uh, yeah. and no one would celebrate my movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember if they were celebrating you guys, um, winning, like beating the dragon. I don't really remember. I don't have all of my notes anymore. Yeah. Um, we, we also went shopping and Taz let us all buy very, very overpowered weapons. <laughs> yep. Yes, I did. Uh, which would be a common theme. I always let you guys feel powerful until you guys got into battle. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I would throw everything I could at you. But, yeah. Uh, so you guys had a good time at the party, gained some cool stuff. And then uh, you went into Town Square where Mugen was due to do a speech to thank you guys for saving the city. Instead, the castle was blown up. Um and chaos ensued. Lord Mugen was thrown from the balcony with Theo's dagger inside of him, uh, seemingly uh, framing you guys uh, as the killers. And there's that chase Um, mechanic we talked about. (laughs) Yep, and the chase mechanic would ensue. Uh, Ember would also die uh, right before them because uh, Bree was taking a break from playing D&D that we didn't know how long was going to be. it seemed indefinite at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so we killed Ember. And you guys would do the chase mechanic. And then you would escape the city. Bobby would help you. And then you guys would head off and stay the night somewhere. Uh, a ways away from the city in between the castle and... Um, in between the castle and Luminaterra. No, in between the forest and Luminaterra. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Where you guys would mourn Ember. Uh, I would Theo, do a lot of cocaine. You'd do a lot of cocaine with Askel. Um, Theo went into Ember's room, laid that book down, prayed to her god, uh, who would respond, saying that they, she can't bring Ember back. Um but she would deliver the book, and it was a real sad moment. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that was one of my best things as a DM, is uh, delivering powerful speeches as gods, specifically. I yeah. don't know why. Why I was good at that. Because you have a god complex. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, Ignore everything I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then you guys would begin to adventure back to the forest. Uh, as night came, uh, you guys, 
uh, this was towards where I was kind of losing what I had ideas for because we had uh, people dropping out of the out of the campaign. We had Logan drop out. We had Bree drop out. We had uh, Matt drop out. I think. I uh, no, Matt didn't drop out um, until we stopped playing it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just kind of started losing my idea for what I had. So I was trying to keep it going. You were also very deep into the pregnancy at yeah. that point. Yeah. Uh, my wife was very pregnant. No, um, you were very pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was just a lot going on. So I was kind of just trying to, trying to keep it going, but not really being able to like I wanted to. So I had a alien abduction, uh, happen. Uh, which this uh, alien abduction was kind of meant to help you guys out with figuring out that you guys were in a, like, not a simulation, but everything around you wasn't as it seemed. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys would all um, have a dream sequence, which I have uh, the recap of that session... um, right now because I have a session that was half written before we decided to continue. So I'm going to read uh, the recap of it. Uh, Last session, you all continued to explore your dreams. Uh, Jervis lived in a world without betrayal where the oceans and land were beginning to work together in harmony. While Askel trained under fire with his dad, Dio battled a kraken and got swallowed whole, then communing with his newfound goddess, Selene, and multi-classing into Paladin. Mugen then battled and completely destroyed several beholders, while Theo and Askel found their way out of the simulation, while pulling everyone else out, including a warforged named Brass and an Eladrin who seemed to have been out there for a very long time. You all walked out together, realizing you were in space hovering over your planet, besides Brass, who couldn't recognize the planet as his own. Brass led you to an escape pod, explaining that he would stay behind and sacrifice himself to save all of you, as long as you'd take care of his companion, Bolts, who was a... Uh, you want to describe Bolts a little bit? Yeah, Bolts was a, a robot dog that Brass had built himself. Um, uh, he was a delightful uh, little creature. Let me pull up Brass's character sheet real quick. Okay. Brass was an artificer, which is a class that specializes in making magical items. Um, and the type of artificer that he was... Where is Brass? Come on. I've got so many fucking characters. <laughs> um... Anyway, uh, he was an 8th level artificer uh, who used... Fuck, man, where is his thing? Um, Battlesmith, uh, which included him creating a... uh, Basically, uh, a Battlesmith defender. Mine was named Bolt. Um, He was basically just an extension of myself. He could deliver spells on my behalf as well as defend me in combat, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, uh, Mugen pulled one last gamble, tricking Brass into putting down the Eladrin in the escape pod and hitting the release button, sacrificing himself to save all of you. His goddess gave him a powerful spell that completely wiped out the space station you now know was all harboring the order of life. Meanwhile, you are plummeting down to Evan at uncontrollable speeds. So the order of life, uh, I had set up 
several different orders. There's the order of life, there's the order of death, the order of, uh, I, don't, I don't really remember. I don't, like I said, I don't have all of my notes. Uh, <clears throat> and the order of life was meant to kind of make you guys realize uh, that you weren't, everything wasn't as it seems, as I said earlier. Uh, so this session, uh, looking at it, I think we did actually do. Yeah, because um, um, yep. I used my robot self to fuck yep. up several things. And I also want to point something out. Taz sucks at making puzzles. I do. <laughs> this one, uh, I had higher hopes for you guys. <laughs> well, he had just started a job where he works in a factory basically wiring computers. So he's like, everybody knows as much about wiring shit as I do. Power relays. Yeah. Fucking loser. Uh, pretty much. So yeah, uh, this this was, uh, I only have a little bit on this because it was mostly, uh, mostly improvised. So you guys mm-hmm. are all plummeting about 12,000 feet per round with about four rounds to go before you crash into the ground. Water or wherever you may find. And then I had them roll initiative. And then you can attempt to find a way to slow down the shuttle, but there doesn't seem to be a wheel or control pad of any kind. The wheels, uh, the walls are very minimalist, sleek steel, no buttons anywhere. You have two front seats facing the window where Theo and Brass are seated, and three back seats where the unconscious Aladrin, Askel, and Jervis are seated. Your seatbelts seem to be locked and aren't unlatching. Each round you can perform two actions or ask three questions. If you decide to combine, you get two questions and one, uh, sorry, Two, yeah, two questions and one action. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah, the, uh, the way to solve that puzzle, um, was something to do with wiring. Um, I don't have it written down. There was a loose blue cord at the back of the console Mm -hmm. that we were supposed to pull, but Taz had described it as, like, not appearing to go anywhere. So, of (laughs) course, it didn't seem important at all. Yeah, sure. Uh, And as you crash into Vitaly, uh, which was one of the cities, Theo City, uh, you all feel the gods... uh, pull all of you, including Ember, into a veil, halfway between worlds. And then, uh, this was an improvised scene, uh, that explains that they're fed up, the gods were fed up, uh, with the order, and them meddling in the natural order of life and the way it's supposed to work. Um, which led into a deep conversation between all the characters and the gods, explaining that, um, they have to fight themselves basically the shadow versions of themselves uh to escape the kind of simulation that they were in mm-hmm. um yeah and that was the end of evan Tierland. uh so kind of my idea was a the child that you had killed bryson yeah was the Bryson, not Mugen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was uh the son of the um leader of the order. Mm-hmm. Um and because of that, uh Mugen was definitely on the like highest shit list. <laughs> of course. And uh the son was introduced earlier in the campaign at one point. Not the son, uh the Lord. Um and that son was, uh, fuck, what was his name? The kid that annoyed the shit out of me? Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would have been funny if I killed him just for annoying me as well. It would have. Uh, yeah, and you guys would have finally, once you guys fought all those people and escaped the simulation, you would have realized that, again, it was a simulation. Everything would fade back to normal. You'd be covered in innocent people's bloods, uh, blood. And, Mugen uh, would be unfazed as yeah. stock standard for him. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then you would be sent to a trial. And I had a court system kind of planned out. Um, and then, That would have been an interesting way to bring Mugen back too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Would have. Yeah. Um, yeah, court system. Uh, you guys would have either gone to jail or... Uh, yeah, you probably would have gone to jail. All the murder. Tra- gone to jail i don't think like that court system would have been very in favor of uh <laughs> the, mm-hmm. of fucking uh ooh, persecuting you yeah uh yeah uh yeah um good times I, I had all of my notes but no i think you did a pretty good job of recounting it um but yeah uh th- so yeah that's uh our, one of our favorite campaigns we like to think of and the best character Mugen is so well loved by our group essentially that in several campaigns he is a god <laughs> of chaos and uh, anarchy and anything else that you know falls within that so god of luck as well sometimes so mm-hmm. and uh, you guys all had a cameo in uh, my last campaign that I ran yeah. Where all the characters from Evan and were in a bar. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and I hate every time someone else tries to do a Mugen voice, because they always do it poorly. Nobody can do it but you, man. That's true. Rock cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. Yeah. Was I did a good any- job of just, like, never l- leaving that... Um, voice either when i was yeah well to be fair you can't really do any other voice anymore <laughs> that's true every time you try to do a voice for D, you always go into mugen <laughs> yeah and you can do voices too you're not bad at doing voices but for some reason in D, you just always go to mugen <laughs> yeah because mugen's when i can do us consistently yeah fair <sighs> were there any questions that you had about that campaign um, I think you might have covered them all, because, okay. uh, yeah, it's definitely went way out of what I thought it might have done, so... What were you um, thinking it was going to be? I was thinking, like, we were trapped in, like, a demiplane or something mm-hmm. like that, um, like, basically Shadow fell. That was my original idea, and then I was like, you know what would be cool to fuck with them? Just make mm-hmm. them the bad guys of the entire campaign. Yeah, and like I, it's so interesting that, and I kind of wish I had kept Mugen at that point because like um, Mugen would have uh, handled that situation a lot better coming back mm-hmm. because it would not be the first time he's done something horrible accidentally. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, man. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for recounting that for me. I'm surprised I remember as much as I did, considering yeah, most same, of that was man. off the fucking dome. <laughs> yeah, well done. The only notes I still had was from that last session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, so much for uh, 
come and listen to talk about video D and D games that you are not a part of. Yeah. <laughs> um. So great, love that. Thank you for pledging our Patreon. We're gonna have a lot of more interesting stuff. We're also thinking of doing some D and D stuff in the future that we're we we kind of developed in the episode <laughs> that we just put out. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, so man. we'll I'm have more specific information on that later. Yeah, that's probably... I, world building is what takes me the longest, so it's going to be... And I can help you with world yeah, building. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, one thing I did not mention about Aventureland is that it was very, like, uh, Victorian-inspired. It was, like... So Luminous. Oh, it was like Bloodborne-esque almost yeah, is how I always yeah. uh, envisioned it. Mm-hmm, Bloodborne-esque, and then the coast was more, you know piratey which does not really clash at all with uh the bloodborne feeling yeah not at all surprisingly uh yeah uh we were actually for our our main campaign that we were planning to start our D D podcast with uh we were expanding on the idea of eventyrland uh because we did all like the world um and we built a bigger, better version of it uh, with more, like, providences and cities and stuff, uh, which we will still do that campaign. It's just we're not going to start off with that campaign just because that was me DMing. And it's uh, – that would be <laughs> – The D&D project we've got coming up, uh, hopefully at the end of this year, um, is actually going to be run by Anthony. So yes. we'll be able, He's be able also to see a very him. good DM. Anthony is an excellent DM. Yeah, he is really good. He's definitely a lot better than the first campaign I played in. <laughs> yeah, and he's better than me. Uh, I'm a great player. Uh, I've kind of grown away from DMing. I think you're a really good DM, mostly because you're a really good writer. And I think yeah. is your biggest problem is that you just kind of uh, you always want to move on to the next thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. so you lose interest in your DM worlds and projects very quickly. And that's really, I think the only problem you have. I also like motivation most of the time. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, again, we'll do the outro again because you decided to just bring up more shit, but (laughs) thanks everybody uh, for pledging the Patreon. We appreciate you and love your faces. Yeah. We're sorry about being in your ears in the beginning, but yeah. But it was nice. It was comfy. You have wonderful, uh, wonderful canals. Yeah, excellent canals. Excellent that, canals. That, that eardrum, beautiful. Ooh, one of the best I've seen. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening again. Have a good uh, whatever time you listen to this. Adios. Bye.